Welcome to Simple Truth Love, a place where we talk about self-leadership, self-care, and self-love. With the hope that our self-help conversations might inspire you to look at fundamental well-being practices. Here, we'll dissect powerful words and explore how those words can enable or disable us from being our best selves. And contemplate things together that make us be the best we can be. I'm Rochelle Doyle. And I'm Cindy Bradshaw. And today we are talking to Jan Goldberg about flourishing. Jan is a certified nutritionist and health and wellness coach. She works as a nutrition coach for Stanford and mentors aspiring health coaches. And for our conversation on flourishing, we'll use a definition to grow or develop in a healthier, vigorous way, especially as a result of a particularly favorable moment. Hi, Jan. Can you give us a boilerplate about positive nutrition and what your mission is? Oh, absolutely. Thanks for asking. And it's great to be here, Cindy and Rochelle. I'm so excited. Yay. So positive nutrition, mind, body, spirit is the name of my business. And I am a functional nutritionist and a board certified health and wellness coach. And my mission really is to support women in the menopausal, postmenopausal season of life so they can feel their absolute best, most vibrant self and flourish. And we focus on not just what we eat, but of course, food and nutrition has an incredible impact on health and wellness. But also we look at the totality of experiences and exposures and beliefs and emotions and habits and behaviors that influence our choices and health expression. So I work with things like food, sleep, movement, (laughs) stress reduction, and looking at joys and vision and what matters most to my clients. Mm -hmm. We can come up with a path that's based on your values and vision. All right. So why did you choose flourish as a word to dissect today? Okay, well, I love this question. And before I fully explain why I chose Flourish, I would ask you to be curious and imagine a world or community or even your own life where you're experiencing a sense of well-being and fulfillment, a sense of vitality and happiness and purpose, and you feel connected and engaged to something, whether it be a passion like creating art or cooking or diving into your work or hobbies, you're thriving. So I chose this word because I believe in human potential and the ability to cultivate a life where flourishing is a possibility as part of an active practice. And in my work as a functional nutritionist and health coach, I embrace the concept of flourishing because I truly believe in my heart that we can all grow and thrive no matter what. Even when we're presented with health or other life challenges, we have the power to reshape elements of our lives. It doesn't have to be a heroic effort. We can plan our everyday lives to nourish this process. And to me, that's really hopeful and empowering. You know, there's always something we can do. Yeah, I think that's really impactful. Mm-hmm. Rochelle, what about you? What do you think about the word flourish? When I'm thinking about the word flourish, I remember this article that came out in the height of the pandemic. It was this article on the difference between flourishing and languishing. And they described languishing as this blah feeling that we get 
And I feel like flourishing as they portrayed it is the exact opposite. I think that's really important to think about the joy and being able to bloom where you're planted. And I'd add that what makes me really excited for this topic is that a lot of what we've talked about this season are those protectors we put around ourselves to practice self-care, self-love, self-leadership. But this time we're talking about taking it to that next level of flourishing. And I think that that's what we're all after. Cindy, how about you? I think in order to live your best life, you have to be able to flourish. And I don't think you're always in a state of flourishing. I think that you have moments where you flourish in life. And it's important when things aren't going as well to be able to hold on to those times where you are flourishing and remember those times and remember those skills you use to get there to change a situation you may be in at a different time. That's a really good point. Jan, I'd be curious because I'm thinking about surgery that I've had Mm -hmm. where I'm laying on a table and I'm in pain and that is not flourishing. That does not feel like a flourishing moment. But I was able to think in that moment, this is something that's going to help me get better. And I kind of feel like that's the flourishing part, that ability to hold on to a piece of joy out of an experience instead of just being like, oh, I hate my life and this has happened to me. But Jen, what do you think? Yeah, you have the possibility, the hope that this will improve your life and using that broader perspective to keep it in perspective, actually, and to remember times when you felt joy and thinking that you can go back to that. You can feel joyful again. You can engage in activities that feel meaningful to you. And you're honest with yourself about that rather than kind of falling backwards. You're moving forwards. Yeah. When you have highs and lows in life, those lows are the very thing that helps you to find the joy and vice versa. I remember I went through a really hard time with a surgery that I had after it was over with, just like driving home, looking at the beautiful trees and the kids playing in the driveway. The world just looked so beautiful to me. And it was because of this experience I had that was really hard that got me to that place. So through something hard, I was able to flourish more. It sounds like you're grateful and you're able to see with clear eyes beauty and joy in the world. It's not just focusing on that one event. There's a greater perspective. Yes. Jan, can you tell me about a time in your life where you felt like you were flourishing? I would say that I'm flourishing right now. Even though we live in a chaotic world, including living through the pandemic and political tumult. And even though I personally live with autoimmune challenges and chronic pain, it's an active, intentional sort of process. I intentionally incorporate practices and behaviors that allow me to connect with myself and others in meaningful ways. For example, I meet friends on Friday and we laugh and just hang out together. I have a beautiful garden and I love to share herbs and vegetables with my friends and that brings me great joy. I have fulfilling work. I have a family. I have a new grandbaby. We laugh and play and we eat. We eat a lot. (laughs) My husband and I cook Mm -hmm. together and eat beautiful, nutritious meals in our garden. And I do activities like gardening, which allow me to get into this state of flow. 
where I realize two hours later that I have to do other things and look at my watch and say, oh my goodness, I thought I was only in the garden for 10 minutes. So I have, there's so many different examples of things we can do to flourish. It takes effort, but it's a joyful endeavor and accessible to everyone. So currently I feel like I'm doing okay. I'd like to know a little bit more about a state of flow. Can you tell me about what a state of flow is? A state of flow. That's when you're doing something like your work or hobbies or activities that you have some mastery over and you're using your strengths and skill sets where you're entirely engrossed in what you're doing, where you do look at your watch and you say to yourself, huh, where did all the time go? And you experience joy from that. Think about activities that bring you into a state of flow. It could be a hobby or a conversation or baking, something creative, even sports. What kind of activities bring you into a state of flow, Rochelle? I would say there's so many different things, but one of the weird things is building our website. I get lost in that until it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, I just want to finish this little bit and I want to make this over here. It's building this representation of us, which I love. And it's kind of like art. So I would definitely say that I know what that feeling is of just getting lost and having a good time. What about you, Cindy? Rochelle and I really, the start of this podcast was because we would meet and we would just get lost in conversation about the topics that are on the Simple Truth Love podcast just for hours. We could talk about it for hours. So That was just really a clue that we need to be doing something with our lives that had to do with these topics because it just feels so meaningful and you get so lost in it. That's true. So you have this feeling of meaning, something greater than yourself, and it's a passion for you. You really get into it and you get joy from the process and you're able to get into this state of flow. Sometimes we forget that we can do activities that bring us into that state because we're so busy in our lives that we don't take the time. But it's an interesting question to ask ourselves. What activities do you love or what did you used to love to do even that would give you that time where everything falls away and you're able to fully immerse yourself in the process? I've heard before that we're supposed to look at things that we did as a child and got super lost in. And that's a good guide of what we want to do now, right? Yeah, yeah, it could absolutely be to look back. And since we're so busy right now, being adults, adulting, we can look back and see, oh, okay, what did I used to do? How did I use my strengths to find something that where time fell away that I love doing so much? And we can use that kind of as a guide to maybe what we would want to engage in now, or maybe it could be something new, but something where we could use our strengths and our mastery skills. That's a good point. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but when the coloring books came out and they were all the rage for adult coloring books, I remember so many times that people would say, you should color, you should color. It's this great practice. And I kept buying coloring books and trying to color. And then I remembered... I hated coloring when I was a child (laughs) and never liked it. So I started to think about what I did like and I was a bookworm. So I just stopped and said, why don't I just keep reading? And then I realized that's my thing. I love being immersed in different books and getting lost in different books. 
Now, it's hard not to get caught up in what other people, what the latest trend or whatnot is. People are doing paint and sip classes and that might not be your thing. But what is your thing? What do you enjoy? Like for me, I've always loved dancing and I can dance the night away. Now, I don't do any professional kind of dance, but you put me in a silent disco and I'll be there all night. So yeah, I just really enjoy that. I enjoy that kind of movement. So give me a Zumba class or something for exercise and I'm good. And you'll be flourishing. I'll be flourishing. So Rochelle, tell me about a time in your life where you felt you were flourishing. So Jan, when you were talking, I was starting to realize these parallels. When I think about a time in my life where I felt like I was really flourishing, it was when I received my graduate degree from Gonzaga. I was with people that were so supportive and I was doing something that I'd embarked on myself. And of course, I never would have done it without the support of a ton of people around me. But even the graduation, I had to fly out alone because of COVID. And it was such a celebration that at that point, we were able to have an in-person graduation that it didn't even matter that I was on this huge football field and freezing cold. It was a really fun moment. And even though I went into it alone, the classmates that I connected with that I met through my grad program, it was such a fulfilling relationship. And it was so fulfilling to have completed something semi-independently of the people that were typically in my life and to have made a bunch of new connections. It was just a really good feeling. The common thread between what you and I were talking about was that connection piece that people around you help you feel like you're flourishing too. Cindy, how about you? I would say right now in my life, I feel I'm flourishing. I really took a difficult time work-wise, something that I felt so overwhelmed and that I couldn't function anymore. And I took that and I turned it all around. And I feel like I'm on the other side of it now where just the other day I was doing dishes and I was in the kitchen with my husband. We were cooking and talking. And I just stopped and said, this is what I missed when I was working so much. Like we're connecting and this feels so good. And I don't feel stressed out that, you know, there's dishes. I just am doing them every night Mm -hmm. and we're cooking together and we're enjoying our time. So I just feel like I have created my best life and am working towards that. And I can feel the flourishing happening. So Jan, how can we know that we're on the right path with flourishing? Tell us a little bit about that. I would say if we were to look at the movie of our lives, it would be one where we feel that connection that you both mentioned and feel engaged and happy and vital. Of course, it's going to look different for everyone because what brings me joy and fulfillment is going to look different from what you bring into the world. Believe it or not, there are surveys for measuring elements of flourishing. There are scales that measure happiness and life satisfaction, physical and mental health, meaning and purpose, and relationships and things like that. Would you talk about some examples of scales, different measurements, tools that people would be able to take? Is there a website or anything that you recommend? Well, you can take the VIA survey at the VIA Institute. It's a free survey that will allow you to understand how you work in the world, how you navigate what's going well and how you navigate challenges. We have these innate, unique strengths that we use. So for me, my top strength is appreciation of beauty and excellence. And so art really is something that 
is important for me to have around and being in nature and being around beautiful plants and working with color and beautiful, colorful foods and meals and things like that. Great writing. And for someone else, it may be gratitude or kindness. And that's how you navigate your life. So as part of flourishing, it's important to understand what your unique strengths are. Although they're going to be different for each of us. We're not going to all have those top same signature strengths. Have you noticed a difference in your life since you were able to identify what your top strength was within the VIA survey and then apply it? Do you feel like you've felt more flourishing? Absolutely. So before I did the VIA survey and knew about this character strengths concept, I knew that beauty was important to me, that being in nature and appreciating the sunset and the sunrise and all the plants and animals and having a garden or creating a garden was so important for me. And I live my life in that way. I create beauty and I appreciate beauty wherever I am. So I do use this top strength to help me succeed and navigate challenges. For example, if I'm not feeling well, I will do something very simple, like gather some herbs from the garden and put them in a jar or one flower and kind of enjoy that in my surroundings and just simple activities like that. Beautiful way the clouds form in the sky. I can take the afternoon if I'm not feeling well and just look at the sky, read a poem and really connect to my most authentic self. And so when I'm actually using that top strength, I feel that connection to myself and it helps me to connect to others and gives me a broader perspective. Rochelle and I took the survey together, the character strength survey, and she told me her top five. I told her my top five. And we both were like, oh, those are great top fives. I was kind of envious in a way of some of her strengths. And she was the same with me. And it was just so funny because I was like, how wonderful that we're working together because we both really see the benefits of what each other brings. So it's cool to do if you have partners and in different work settings, friendship settings, relationships. So share, share with us. Cindy, do you remember what your top was? Kindness is number one. Social intelligence is number two. Then love is number three. Leadership is number four. And teamwork is number five. I mean, I'm so jealous. Like, I want to be all those things. Okay, let's hear yours because wait till you hear Rochelle's. They're pretty darn good. I remember listening and being like, oh, fine, you get kindness. (laughs) So mine was love of learning, which full circle, that makes complete sense, right? Spirituality, gratitude, curiosity, and humor. See, those are pretty great strengths. So anyway, it was just so funny. Both of our reactions to each other's were like, I wish I had that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, there's one important thing to remember about the VIA survey and about your character strengths. We possess all of these strengths and one is not better than the other. (laughs) And so we tend to say, "Okay, the ones on the bottom are lesser strengths, but that's not true. And we also use our strengths in context. So you may use your strengths differently when you're with family and friends Mm -hmm. than when you're at work or at playing. There's an opportunity to engage with all of the strengths. 
Thank you for <laughs> clarifying that. Yes. So I'm all in. I've decided that I want to flourish and I want to be a flourisher. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> How do I cultivate that? Like, what kind of activities can I put around flourishing? So sure, I would think about what engages you? What brings that feeling of joy, that feeling of contentment and meaning and purpose? It's great to acknowledge your strengths and to take that bit of knowledge that you have. And we can look at, in the positive psychology movement, Martin Seligman, who is considered the father of positive psychology, coined the acronym PERMA which has five central elements that offer us a generous roadmap to work with towards flourishing. So we can think about the sorts of activities that feel good to us. So how would you feel about unpacking that a little bit? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We can start with P, which is positive emotions. And we can do lots of different activities. You've mentioned some of them already, dancing and reading. You can have a gratitude practice. You can savor memories that made you feel good. Play with your pets, your kids, visit with relatives, doing joyful activities that will look different for everyone. So give me an idea of one activity that would bring positive emotions for you, Cindy. Definitely karaoke. <laughs> I do not love karaoke in front of people, but I love karaoke by myself. So yes. That would be one for me. What about you, Rochelle? I think for me, walking through new cities, and I say that as I'm visiting another city right now, but whenever I'm walking through a new city's downtown and I'm just looking around at what their culture is like, I feel really good. How about you, Jen? For me, I would say I've already mentioned gardening, but I love playing with my grandson. That makes me the happiest. I can get on the floor with him and giggle and roll around. So it's wonderful, joyful activity for me. And moving on, there's E, which is for engagement. And we talked a little bit about flow. And that's really being engaged with work or hobbies or activities where you experience this kind of time falls away period where you're entirely engrossed in what you're doing. And then there would be R for relationships. And that's really looking at developing and nurturing deep and meaningful relationships with that feeling of connectedness to others. And it kind of sounded like that to me, Rochelle, when you were talking about your going through this degree process and that support you felt from other people and you kind of felt connected. Yeah. So doing something like that and even... Just being supportive to family or friends who are experiencing challenges, doing acts of kindness, helping a friend move, watching a movie together. And I want to also add having a relationship with yourself. I know that you talk about self-care and this is an opportunity for that as well. So finding out what actually recharges you, eating healthfully, moving your body, getting enough sleep prioritizing doing something that brings you joy. And then if we looked at meaning and purpose, the M in PERMA, it's where we feel our lives are valuable and there's something greater than us to strive towards. So we can look to things like religion or spirituality or spending time in nature or even something like focusing on your family's well-being and taking the time to really be with your kids, to really engage with them, that feeling of closeness. 
I think a fun activity is visioning your best day ever and kind of pulling values and meaning from that. How do you want to be in the world? What is meaningful for you? And then accomplishments, achieving goals for their own sake. And we can do this through applying strengths and skills and talents. So we can do this anywhere, work, hobby, at home, through our relationships, just making a difference. I feel accomplished when I complete a work project, which might seem stereotypical, but also when my plant is growing and thriving and I've been watering it, I feel accomplishment. Mm -hmm. There's different levels of life that I can look at and grow from there. Yeah, you need to have those little wins in life to get you to the next thing. So I think accomplishment is a word that people think of as like an accomplishment is like getting your master's degree and accomplishment is being the CEO of a company. And it does not have to be big things. I think what Rochelle said about growing a little plant and seeing it thrive, when my orchids rebloom, I am the happiest person ever. We can have that sense of accomplishment through really small endeavors in our lives. And they're just as good as the big ones. Absolutely. Those micro joys, those micro accomplishments that are really big. So we've talked a little bit about ourselves and we've talked a little bit about a community, but how can we really uplift people around us to really help them to flourish in like work life, home life, everywhere? I feel like we can lead by example, actually, and inspire others to do what matters most to them, to discover what they value and lead a little bit more of an intentional life and spread it out into the world. And like you were saying, Cindy, those small wins are so important and those small accomplishments and just little steps like that can kind of radiate out into the world. Mm. Cindy, how can you imagine uplifting other people around you and helping them flourish? Can you think of any ideas? You know, we talked about earlier that flourishing isn't a constant state. So I might be flourishing at one moment and maybe a good friend of mine is not flourishing and I need to really be there for that person at that time to try to help them be in a more positive place because I'm in a positive place. So a really good way of uplifting others and community is to bring that joy and the things you love to other people. An example of that, Jan, you cook amazing food and you put so much love and care in everything that you make. And when you make a rainbow salad, it's amazing. And it's like a gift and an offering to other people. And so it makes everyone that's eating it feel really joyful. I think little tiny things like that can really be positive. Thank you for acknowledging that because I also feel like one way that we can help people around us is to acknowledge them for what they do well and then support mm -hmm. them when things don't go as planned. Like you mentioned, using compassion and empathy and, you know, stuff like, yeah, this is really hard. I can see why you feel like that didn't work. How are you feeling now? So really being a good listener and supporting people and acknowledging what is working well, which is something as a society we don't often look at. We often look at the more critical end of things where we're thinking, okay, I need to do this better, but really flipping it and looking at what is working well. What did someone in my life do well and how can I celebrate that with them? For me, if I'm feeling the blaze, if I'm languishing, then I try to give somebody a compliment 
And it used to be gratitude. I always want to feel gratitude, but I feel like the extra step for me is trying to give somebody a compliment. And if they light up with joy, if they feel like somebody's seen them, and then I light up with joy because I've made somebody else light up with joy. And it's just this little positivity loop. You know what's so cool about that too, when we were talking about character strengths. So Rochelle's character strength of, what was your first strength again, education or? Love of learning. Love of learning. I think it's so cool because I learn from you and I feel like I can flourish in my love of learning by being around you because you are always seeking, you know, she's a beekeeper and a small yay and like always (laughs) doing these things, which are just amazing which helps me to want to flourish in those ways as well. Just like Jan, you are someone who will always have the most beautiful flowers on your table. Your aesthetic is always amazing, even with the food that you make. And it's because it's so you and it's your top character strength. It makes me want to have flowers like that and a rainbow salad. Wow. So you're speaking about being your most authentic self, really connecting to yourself. And we all have this unique gift to do that. And it's accessible to all of us. And I want to hear more about the beekeeping at another time, Rochelle. That's really interesting. (laughs) It's fun. And actually, I will have to say that I don't know if it's the same recipe, but Cindy has made me a rainbow salad before. And it was delightful. So if that's because of you, then Thank you very much. I've learned it all through positive nutrition. (laughs) Thank you so much. And see, it radiates out into the world. It really does. Inspiration. Can you just tell me too about positive nutrition, what that means, what that is? Positive nutrition, it has a colon, mind, body, spirit. It really encompasses the whole of what we eat and how we live our lives. And positive is a positive word. And When I came up with the name for the business, I really wanted to incorporate more than just nutrition. And I wanted my clients to feel this sense of hopefulness, positive nutrition. There's something that we can do to encourage healing and that it can be a really lovely process. So that's how, why I came up with that name. And how did you get started on the track of positive nutrition? I was experiencing my own health and autoimmune challenges. I've navigated my own wellness path that has spanned over 30 years and is an ongoing and evolving process. And I really hit a lot of roadblocks along the way. And I wanted to support others so they could feel empowered to be able to make changes that were possible for them and be connected with their values and their own health goals. And I started with nutrition because of the incredible impact food plays in health and wellness or disease promotion. And because I'm a total foodie, I love delicious, whole food, seasonal if possible. And I believe that food can make a huge impact, but it's not enough. We have to look at other elements of our lives. In functional medicine, which I won't go into great detail, but the heart of the functional medicine matrix, there's a model, is mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And We really need to find meaning and purpose in that sense of joy in our lives and connectedness so that it will radiate out into other areas of wellness. So it's not all about the food we eat. It's how we live our lives. It's really fascinating that you were able to take a struggle and turn that into flourishing, just lean into the ick of what was going on in your life and completely transform that and transform the lives of others. 
into an opportunity for flourishing. So Jan, what about flourishing in communities or on a global level? When we engage in activities and relationships and even serve our community, we can look towards values intrinsically rather than extrinsic reward, like having a big house or expensive car. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm thinking about is something that radiates out into our community. It's a bit different. So we can contribute and work towards the common good or a common goal rather than being separate. So everyone feels like they have a common mission or vision working towards something bigger. And it seems like, too, if you do that, when you radiate joy and positivity, this has happened to me in a grocery store where somebody has said something like, your smile is incredible or some measure, it sends me off in a positive direction and radiates, trickles on down into the community. Absolutely. So speaking of community, this has been a really fun conversation, Cindy and Rochelle. What is one new activity you can each take from this conversation to promote this process of flourishing? I'm thinking about the PERMA profile and I really want to look into each of those letters and their breakdowns and see what I might want to do that enhances my life and helps me flourish from there. Cindy, how about you? Yeah, I definitely want to really analyze more of those PERMA letters and go through that too. But one thing, Jan, when you were talking about being with your grandson and really being present in the little things, I really want to work on being engaged more in the moment and practicing that. So I think that's something I really want to take away from this conversation. Jen, how about you? So this conversation has inspired me to take even more time, a little bit of time in the morning to connect with myself. I do breathing practices and other practices, but I've been thinking about journaling for a long time. And I think I'm going to start journaling tomorrow, just for a few minutes, something brief. Jan, what are some takeaways that you have from this conversation? So even through chaotic and unbelievable times, we can take small steps towards flourishing. We all can experience this sort of life. It's something that we can work towards, and we don't have to do it all at once. It's a process of exploration to examine or rediscover our passions and our connections with other people. And we can start wherever we are with one simple step. So to think about what's one new thing that we can do tomorrow. And it can be as simple as savoring your morning coffee or tea and taking that intentional time to find joy in the moment. I'm in. Thank you so much, Jan. Thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation about flourishing and I'm feeling motivated to try new things. Thank you. Flourish away. (laughs) So if you'd like to connect with Jan, she maintains a private nutrition and coaching practice called Positive Nutrition, Mind, Body, Spirit. And you can visit her website at positivenutritionmbs.com. Jan, I think you have a quote for us to take us home. Yes, I do. This quote is from Lynn Suits, who is a psychologist and educator who infuses this concept of flourishing into everything she does. Flourishing is the product of the pursuit and engagement of an authentic life that brings inner joy and happiness through meeting goals, being connected with life's passions, and relishing in accomplishments through the peaks and valleys of life. <laughs>